This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, I know today is a waiver wire show, and believe me, we'll get to the waiver wire. But first, got to ask this very relevant fantasy question. Guys, give me your top five quarterbacks rest of season. It was probably Russell Wilson for a lot of people, and then Mahomes was like, oh, I still play football. So give me your top (laughs) five quarterbacks rest of season, Dave and Jamie. I, I will say Russell Wilson first, Patrick Mahomes second. This is where it gets interesting. Uh, do I buy into Josh Allen? I'm going to say I do. Josh Allen third, Lamar Jackson fourth, Dak Prescott fifth. Okay. Jamie, how about you? Uh, Mahomes one, Wilson two, Allen three, Prescott four, and Kyler Murray five. Uh, no Lamar. Wow. Really? Lamar out of the top five and fourth for Dave and Josh Allen over Kyler and Dak. How about that? That's pretty, uh, this is an interesting list here. I'm sure it'll be changing, but uh, Wilson and Mahomes one and two for Dave Mahomes and Wilson one and two for Jamie. Uh, oh, real quick. What'd you think of last night? The game kind of let down. Well, yeah, because the Ravens didn't hold up their end of the bargain offensively. Chiefs defense, their front four played outstanding. I was reminded during the game, like we used to fade rushing quarterbacks versus Steve Spagnuolo back in the day. And we got we, we didn't even think about it this week going into this matchup. You almost forget that Spagnuolo is the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. But he had those linemen tucking in uh, uh, Lamar Jackson pretty often. Jackson had some good runs to the outside, but they got, especially late, man, they got to him. That line let Jackson down. Yeah. All right. Jamie, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was It was. not a fun game when you see uh, the Chiefs' left tackle outscore all the marks. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. He was better than all three of them. So that was, uh, that was frustrating. Um, I, I think you look at this. I don't know who's beating the Chiefs. I mean, you know, the Chargers gave them a, a, a great fight, but they're so beat up defensively now. I don't think it'll be the same when the rematch happens. Um, it'll be fun when we get to the playoffs if everybody's healthy. If they face the Ravens again, if they have some sort of different formula, the Steelers obviously are playing great, have a very strong defense. But man, at this point, it looks like just, you know, how creative Andy Reid is and just the things that they're able to do with, with yeah. Mahomes and the defense is playing you know, well enough, uh, certainly when they are able to shut down that type of team last night, but it's, uh, it's a little frustrating for the Ravens right now, offensively. It's, um, they got to figure some things out quickly. Yeah. Chiefs have the Patriots and the bills, two of their next three games, not saying that they're going to stop them, but maybe they find some ways to, to try and slow down the chiefs. Those games will be interesting. Yeah. Chiefs are about to get Bashad, uh, Breland back in two weeks. And got Pennell back last night. He played about 30% of the snaps. Uh, so their defense getting a little bit more whole. Okay, that game, a little bit more on that game later on in the show. I think, you know, Marquise Brown, it, all the Ravens need to be discussed. It looks like maybe Sammy Watkins going to have a good year. McCole Hardman is on the waiver wire list. Um, who are your top three waiver wire priorities this week, Jamie? 
my top three would be one, if available, uh, Miles Gaskin. Two would be Jeff Wilson. And then three would be Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, just looking at the way that he has an opportunity to step into Blake Jarwin's role. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be special for the rest of the season. Yeah, Schultz has some very, very good-looking matchups coming up. Um, Cleveland allows the fourth-most fantasy points to tight ends. And then the Giants are actually fifth-best right now, but don't buy it, uh, personally. And Jordan Reed should have had a touchdown in the last game. And then Arizona after that, they're, they've actually been okay against tight ends. I'm not sure I buy that. And then Washington, 29th. So Schultz has opportunity. Like, he just, you know, it was kind of a tough go for him. But 4 for 48 on six targets, not so bad for a bad game. Um, so Jamie says, Miles Gaskin, Jeff Wilson, and Dalton Schultz. I got to ask before we get to Dave, like, uh, should we go for Jeff Wilson? Because it feels like it's possible that every 49er except for Tevin Coleman is basically back this week. Uh, you know, do you feel like at this point either Mostert or McKinnon or both might play? They absolutely could. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said on Monday that uh, McKinnon is day-to-day and Mostert, they're hoping they maybe get back to practice on Wednesday. I think if there is one of them back, Wilson is still worth picking up. If both are back, then obviously Wilson is going to be a disappointment. But uh, I don't necessarily love Carlos Hyde, so I would still take the chance on what Wilson could be over Hyde. And you could take the chance on what Rex Burkett could be over both, and I certainly would understand that. But I think you look at if James White is back and now Damien Harris could play, it's also a crowded backfield there too. So they're all kind of in a little bit of a mess. And I think just looking at what the injury situation is for both of the other 49ers guys, I would take a chance on Wilson. The fact that they used him in the passing game to the level that they did, which is not something that he is necessarily profiled to do, I think that's a good sign for him moving forward. And the 49ers so far have the most production of their backfield for fantasy production on the season. So I would take my chances on if Wilson is the starting running back for the 49ers in a matchup against the Eagles at home, I would like that on my fantasy team. Okay, you Wilson. Just, you just can't spend a ton of fab on him. Yeah. There is there is nobody this week aside from Miles Gaskin that I would spend a ton of fab on. I agree, um, but but you can't spend a ton of fab. And if you're in a league that uses waivers and it doesn't reset each week, and you've got the number one claim, I don't think I'd use it on Wilson either because I don't think he's got that long term appeal. Uh, why, Jamie? Why don't you like Carlos Hyde? Then I promise Dave will get to your priorities. Sorry about that. But I'm Jamie, just going to give you different names, but because they're basically the same as Jamie's. But go ahead. I yeah. like Carlos Hyde's situation, but I mean, it's it's not a, a scenario that I think you just want to buy into because Chris Carson may be back in a week, and there's you know still some optimism he could play this week. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer probably splitting touches. Uh, Homer probably playing on passing downs. It's not like this is a, a formidable run defense from the Dolphins, um, you know, especially if you look at what James Robinson did in the passing game against them uh, on Thursday night last week. So I think Carlos Hyde is fine. You know, it's just uh, uh, looking at it again. Where's the upside play? And the upside play to me is Jeff Wilson. All right, Dave. So Jamie says, uh, Miles Gaskin, if available, Jeff Wilson, Dalton Schultz. What say you, Dave Richard? I agree with Gaskin if he's available and Jeff Wilson. And I like the Dalton Schultz call if you need a tight end, whether you're streaming or not. But I think this is a good week for people who are trying to plan ahead. You know, bye weeks are going to start to happen soon. And, you know, this is this is a good time to start shuffling through some of that bench depth that you have. And to that end, how could you not be impressed with Justin Jefferson? And I'm not saying he's going to be my number one priority overall. It really depends on if I want to take a stab at one of the running backs that we've already talked about. But Justin Jefferson was inc- was amazing. He finally broke through. I don't know if finally is the right word, but he looked no, great. He, finally, yeah. 
Sure. And he really could end up being part of the reason why the Vikings offense bounces back starting as soon as this week. So I, I love the idea of grabbing him, potentially using him as a number three receiver in PPR right away. How much fab? Again, not a lot. I, I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to 10% max. Okay. And even that might be a smidge too much for, for Justin Jefferson. But a couple of other players that I, I think I want to speculate on, Brian Hill in Atlanta and Cordero Patterson in Chicago and Patterson's gross. Like he, he's a 1% fab guy and Brian Hill, you could probably get for one or 2% too, but I just, I don't like the way Gurley looks. I think Hill looks a little bit better. And we know that tree Cohen's done for the year and the bears aren't committed to giving all that work to David Montgomery, maybe in the right game script situation, they would. And we know that Montgomery's can get beat up from time to time, which means Cordero Patterson would end up being the lead back for Chicago. And he's looked okay when he's, been given a few chances so stash guys hill and patterson okay and i think that this week there's pro- there are probably about 15 wide receivers i'm not even joking that i could make a case for as a good I think streamer I gave you 20 yeah and it's funny because i you know jamie gives me the list when he ever he's finished which was three o'clock in the morning and so on on Monday, I do my own list, figuring it's going to be kind of similar. There's going to be some I miss. I'm like, man, I have way too many wide receivers out here. And I don't think I had enough. But like I, I was like Hunter Renfro could be a number one guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bills have been terrible against wide receivers, it, it, particularly slot guys. Renfro's coming off a game where you should have had two touchdowns. And he's not even that high on Jamie's priority list. So... Uh, they're they're going to be like, you should be able to find a fill-in wide receiver if you need one this week. Uh, it's not a great week for DSTs, unfortunately. I think the Broncos, would they be the best one? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So in terms of fab, we're not talking about a ton of fab here for anybody. Maybe 7 8%, 7 to 10% for Justin Jefferson. Gaskin, you could go a little bit higher on. Um, you, you could go a lot bit higher on him. Yeah. I, like closer to 20. Just to say this, though, the Seahawks have done pretty well against running backs so far, um, possibly because their pass defense has been so bad. So sure, does that make but, you a little less enthusiastic about picking up Gaskin? No, because I don't look at Gaskins as a, as a one-week fill-in. I look at him as a potential number two running back in PPR. Right. I have to also... One thing that I screwed up so badly, I mentioned this on the Monday show, but I didn't mention it. But I know not everybody gets a chance to listen to that show. Um, <laughs> we're having some issues with Jamie here. Working from home, everybody, with uh, kids being homeschooled. It's kind of it's kind of a rough situation, so just bear with us. He if likes you, to make an entrance. He's done it, it now three times. Yeah. If you hear the dig, dog, Jamie's right. ringing our doorbell. Um, no, I screwed up with Justin Jefferson and I apologize for it. I just made a mistake on Sunday's show. I gave his the wrong schedule. They faced the Titans and I copy and pasted the copied and pasted the Titans schedule instead of the Vikings schedule. So I gave him the Steelers and the Bills or something like that instead of the Texans and the Seahawks in his next two games. And then the Falcons after that. So Jefferson's schedule was a lot better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Although props to the Houston pass defense so far has not really been that bad. And I guess I'd call it average. Um, all right. So as we wait for Jamie to get on, we'll give you some more news and notes. And we will give our priorities at each position. We have not talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick yet, but he's pretty damn interesting. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, today's show 
is sponsor, sponsored by ButcherBox. Have you tried but, ButcherBox? Excuse me, ButcherBox yet? I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Let's get a box of 9 to 11 pounds of meat delivered right to your door. That is enough for 24 individual meals. Let's get some ground beef for life at butcherbox.com FFT. That is butcherbox.com FFT. Go there right now. Check out what they have to offer. And as Brad Pitt would say, what's in the box? What's in the box? I'll tell you what's in the butcher box right now. You are going to get options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar-slash-nitrate-free bacon. And that's the way meat should be. Butcher box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. And with butcher box, you get the highest quality meat around for just $6 a meal. And it's not easy to find these things. You know, you go to the grocery store, you're not your store, you're not finding these types of food items. So when we started ordering Butcher Box, the first time we got it, we were just blown away. It's not just better for you, it just tastes so much better. You really taste the difference. And I really strongly recommend Butcher Box. We couldn't believe how much better the meat was. It's not only tasting better, but it's better for you. It's better for the animal. It's better for the environment. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. So here's the offer. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Go to butcherbox.com FFT. Butcherbox.com FFT. Hey, Jamie. What's up? We heard your doorbell ring. We answered the door and we welcome you back. <laughs> all right, Tariq Cohen. Tor- no, that's all good. We, we understand. Tariq Cohen tours ACL. Nick Foles is starting. He's 5% rostered. Gets the Colts, then the Bucks. Uh, Jamison Crowder could be a game time decision on Thursday. Looks like Philip Lindsay though is trending in the right direction. So if you're the Melvin Gordon fantasy manager, uh, Je- I'm hoping Lindsay doesn't play, and then I've got ten days to flip Melvin Gordon. Okay, okay, that's exactly what I'm thinking. 49ers injury report's going to be interesting all week. Kittle, McKinnon, Debo. Debo is about 75 percent rostered, by the way. So you could look he for him. He is going to practice on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Garoppolo might play. Mostert, they all might play this week against the Eagles. Michael Thomas could play this week. Dallas Goddard likely to miss some time with an ankle injury. Deshaun Jackson believed to have a minor strain. Uh, we don't know We don't know about Deshaun Jackson's status, do we? Do we care? This week. I think we care for the other players on the team. I would hope that they get Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out there to help Carson Wentz because he looks terrible right now. And any additional help would be uh, an upgrade. Can they, can they block? <laughs> can they play tackle? Yeah, I was looking at uh, the pressures allowed the other day, yesterday, and Jason Peters ranks very high up there. He's not having a good year at left tackle. And did Lane Johnson, he did get hurt, right? Lane Johnson, like in overtime. Check on that. Um, all right. Peters got hurt, Adam. Oh, Peters got hurt. Okay, that's yeah. that's better news than than Lane Johnson. But still, that's not Is good it, news. Not good news. I mean, it's, all right, not good news for Carson. Chris Carson could play this week, as Jamie mentioned. Chris Godwin is having an MRI on his hamstring. Scotty Miller could be an interesting pickup, but he's also dealing with some injuries. Jared Cook left with an ankle injury on Monday night. The Texans are likely to sign Earl Thomas. All right. Texan season starts in week four, ladies and gentlemen. It really does. <laughs> um, and there's more. Here's a big one. A couple of big ones. Uh, three big ones. We'll stick with that. Jarrell Casey is likely out for the season. 
Broncos have had a pretty good run defense. Jamie has so much contempt for the Miami Hurricanes that he did not even put Frank Gore on his I put him in after Uh, you sent me the message. (laughs) All right. Phew. Uh, And what I said was, I'm reluctantly putting him in this column. Okay, okay. Denzel Ward left with a groin injury. We know the Browns secondary a little beat up. Now Denzel Ward might miss the game against Dallas. Um, And Buda Baker probably going to miss this week's game at Carolina. Safety for the Cardinals. There goes their tight end defense. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. All right, let's talk about our top three at each position now. Top three or four or whatever. Jamie, the quarterbacks we're looking at this week. Well, you mentioned one is intriguing. is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's the best one. And then after that, it's probably not a lot of guys you're going to start in one quarterback leagues, but you're looking at uh, Kirk Cousins. If they follow what hopefully will be their game script moving forward of having to throw more, he has yet to go above 27 pass attempts, but I would not be surprised to see 30-plus coming very soon uh, unless Mike Zimmer is just hell-bent on you know trying to grind out the game and, and save his defense a little bit. But um, with the second target emerging, I think Cousins is the second best quarterback to look for. And then it's Nick Foles and Nick Mullins. So not great options right now given what the roster percentage is for a lot of these guys. It's, it's, I think, a byproduct of what we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about, people carrying or rostering two quarterbacks. So I think we're going to see a lot of these second guys on a lot of people's rosters until we start to get to maybe some more you know moves happening where people have to drop some of these guys. If you are starting Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson... They have buys in weeks five and six. You maybe don't have to make a decision right now, but Kirk Cousins does have Seattle in week five and Atlanta in week six. Those two teams are allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So just something you might want to keep in mind. Kirk Cousins this week gets Houston. They've faced Mahomes, Jackson, and Roethlisberger, and they've done okay. Uh, But then after this week, Cousins gets Seattle in week five and Atlanta in week six. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I was would assume, would be of interest if he plays. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if he's out there against Philadelphia, um, you know, it's not like they've been great against opposing quarterbacks the last two weeks. You know, you could say they were great against Washington, but that's Washington. So Goff got him for three touchdowns. Burrow got him for more than 20 fantasy points. So, yeah, Garoppolo would be interesting, especially if he gets his receivers back for sure. And Dave- then he's got Miami after that. Not bad. Dave, um, running backs, Miles Gaskin and? Gaskin would be one. Jeff Wilson, two. And then... Um, Carlos Hyde. I guess. I don't know. The, I, I loved seeing Rex Burkhead. I, like, I want to say Burkhead, but uh, Jamie nailed it. We know that James White has a chance to come back. Damian Harris could come back. Sony had a good game last week. Uh, and And... They're taking on the Chiefs, so they could end up employing all four of those guys to some degree if they so choose. They might keep Harris on IR for another week. They don't have to bring him up. So I'm I wish I could say Rex Burkhead, and I'm pretty nervous that a lot of people in leagues are gonna spend a lot of fab to get Burkhead after what happened last week. You shouldn't do that. I, I think Hyde is probably third best. But okay. if you if you listen. Go to Brian Hill or Cordell Patterson and stash those what guys. What about Damian Harris? Want you could stash Harris too, but the problem with Harris is that he's part of this four-headed monster yeah. that shares with Cam Newton. So we had, uh, uh, I, I think he from me references a lot throughout the course of last season, 
uh, Tom Spencer, who is in the booth with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And so he's in the meetings with the coaches. Uh, I don't know how they're doing him now. I don't know if it's over Zoom, if it's, it's a phone a, call. It's a, um, and so he uh, he said something on this. He was at the Raiders um, Patriots game on Sunday. And so he said, and and I always take his little nuggets as sort of like, he doesn't want to say the whole thing because he's kind of, you know, being a little bit reserved in how his reporting is going because he's not a reporter in, in the essence of the word. So he said, the Patriots are excited to get Damien Harris back soon. And I took that to uh, be, okay, he's going to be part of the team <laughs> probably week four and could have a big role. Now that's before Sony Michelle goes for, you know, a hundred yards and Rex Burkett scores three touchdowns. So to Dave's point, they may decide to keep him on the shelf for another week and just see what happens. But um, my guess is that he's going to step in and hopefully be the guy. And he's different than Michelle because he can run and catch. And he's different than Burkhead and he's different than White. And so I, I think he's got a chance to be uh, what we thought he could be this preseason of the best running back for the Patriots. And so he is absolutely somebody that you should pick up and stash if you have a roster spot. And um, you know, especially if you have an IR spot and you can still hold on to him. All right, Jamie, let's go to the wide receivers. We were just talking about Damian Harris there for the Patriots, widely available. Uh, wide receivers, we talked about Justin Jefferson. If it's not him, who are we looking at? Well, like you said, Adam, there's a lot of guys to take a, a, a flyer on and there's not like one second standout guy. For me, I'm looking at some of the opportunities of long term, like Dave was alluding to with coming up with the bye weeks and then also some situational changes. And so uh, the order that I have it right now, and you could flip this in, in any different way, but I have Justin Jefferson one. I put Miko Hardman too, because I like the fact that he got six targets. If that's something that's going to continue, he's going to be a monster. And then I have Nikhil Harry three. He's just in the cusp of what we talk about. 64% is his roster percentage. So don't look at what happened to the Patriots last week. Look ahead to week four, most likely chasing points. What did we see in week two when they were chasing points against Seattle? He had 12 targets and eight catches. And so Nikhil Harry is somebody that should be rostered for sure because their games are not going to necessarily go as we saw in week two, but that's going to be a mix of that. So he's going to be a guy that you're going to be up and down with on your roster. But for week four, I like him. Uh, after that though, there's three more guys that I think could be in that. I think Jefferson is, is one by himself just because of what he showed you and what the opportunity could be for him. Like we thought going into the season when Adam anointed him as the best receiver ever coming into the NFL. Okay. Yes. He was my, he was my favorite rookie receiver after the and NFL he, draft. He, and, and he no so longer far, is. So far it looks good. I don't yeah. know why it no longer is. Because but. <laughs> I take, because I go CD lamb. I think you have to, but uh, well, it, I mean, it, you just it, got replaced by Cedric Wilson. So why would right you no, I, I would take lamb, but, but I think there's number two is wide open. Number one's wide open. It's not like lamb has been incredible. Right. So he's already had a better game than lamb. So yeah, it's not like absolutely. It. Uh, but after that though, like I think Anthony Miller is about to take off because the bears have shown you in two of their comeback efforts. He's been uh, more involved and now the quarterback can actually throw to the left. Uh, as opposed to just looking at one side of the field. So I think Foles will help Anthony Miller improve. And then if you're just looking from a one-week situation, Preston Williams got dropped in a lot of leagues. I totally understand why. They are facing the worst pass defense in the NFL, and it is not close. The difference in <laughs> receptions and yards that Seattle has allowed to the field is ridiculous. And so yeah. Preston Williams has a great opportunity here. Don't give up on him. And then I also want to give up on Marcos Valdez-Scantling. He got basically taken out of the game. Aaron Rodgers said so. He said they rolled coverage to take MVS out, and that's why Lazard had the game that he had. And so if you don't have Devontae Adams one more time, 
you can get a big game from Valdez Scantling maybe this week against the Falcons, who, by the way, even though it's a distant second, they're second in terms of perception uh, points allowed to wide receivers. So he's in a great spot also. No love for Brandon Ayuk after Brandon Ayuk is right after those guys, but it's another situation of you're getting Kittle back. And Adam's talked about this a lot, how Debo Samuel's numbers were suppressed in the games that uh, Kittle was there as opposed to when Kittle was out. And now you have Jeff Samuel coming back and Kittle coming back and maybe not Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think Ayuk is absolutely in that conversation for sure. He should be picked up and, and added in leagues where available. But I think those other guys, the ceiling's a little bit higher. Okay. So if you had to spend 5% of your fab on two of those receivers that you mentioned, 5%. I would assume Jefferson would be one because you'd probably You're not getting Jefferson 5%. for five. He's going right, to go exactly. close to 10. Yeah, right. So who would be the other one that you would spend 5%? I mean, the, uh, the, the order I gave it would be Hardman and then Harry. But, you know, okay. if you're looking at the, those, you know, Harry is, again, close to the border. It would be Hardman and Miller. What about you, Dave? Who would be the two after Jefferson? That I would spend 5% on? If I had to spend 5% on them, I I still like Ayuk as just kind of like a long-term play where his, his speed is just another element that the 49ers can take advantage of. And I love that he had three carries in the game. It reminded me of how they used Debo last year, but maybe that was a byproduct of them not having anybody um, to, that they felt good about running the ball or catching the ball last week. I would still splurge on Ayuk. I still think that he's he's one of those guys. And then for 5%, if I can get Preston Williams, uh, it, it would probably be him. I, I'm still throwing my love out there for Hunter Renfro just because yep. Ruggs and, and Edwards are banged up. And John Gruden said he's worried about those guys' injuries. So Renfro got nine targets. We saw when he got targets last year, he was good. And the Bills, I, yeah, I, I guess I want to look at the Bills' pace. I don't know, if Ben, if you could look that up like... Uh, are they just playing a lot faster this year? Is that why their their defense has been so much worse? But their defense has been really victimized. They're 22nd against wide receivers. Then he's got the Chiefs the next week. The Chiefs are good against wide receivers, but these are games where the Raiders are going to have to throw, you'd think, against the Bills and the Chiefs. So uh, Renfro's really interesting. And then, like, what the Jacksonville guys at Cincinnati. Cincinnati teams tend to run on them. They don't give up a lot of points to uh, wide receivers. You know what? We'll get it. We'll get in all those. I know they're not going to be super high on the priority list. Jamie just gave a ton of names. Um, and uh, Dave did as well. Uh, there are two players, though, that we haven't talked that much about that might be the best, other than Miles Gaskin, might be like among the best waiver wire claims. And they're just, they're just rostered in more leagues. Debo Samuel, I think he's 75%. And Alan Lazard, 69%. So do they trump... Justin Jefferson, if you saw Jefferson, Debo, and Lazard, how would you prioritize those? Lazard would be one, and it's not close. I mean, because we thought he had a chance to play well with Devontae Adams, and now you saw the first game without Devontae Adams, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is trusting him in big spots. You saw you know, the big play, which was fantastic because that's not something he profiles as, as a guy that's going to be a burner down the field. Uh, I think you just look at it as the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, Week one, it was Valdez-Scantling with Lazard also playing well, but it got overshadowed a little bit by how Valdez-Scantling played and then the fact that he had a couple of the drops. But I think both those guys are certainly viable. And, you know, with uh, with Adams still banged up, Lazard would be number one by far. But Samuels, Samuels, there's a lot of guys that are in that range, Adam. I mean, I know I sent you the list, but, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at – or did I send you a list or not? I may have taken yeah. it off. Um, yeah, you did. The, uh, the, the guys that are in that group, uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault, I wouldn't give up on him. Obviously, Corey Davis with the A.J. Brown scenario. Uh, you mentioned that Jameson Crowder's coming back soon. I wouldn't give up on him either. Sammy Watkins just continues to soak up targets. And so even though we don't want to trust Sammy Watkins, he's still playing with mm-hmm. <laughs> the best quarterback in football. 
uh, Russell Gage, despite the concussion, he's still going to have a big role and we don't know when Julio's coming back. So there's a lot of guys in that 85 to, you know, 70 ish. Cause those are, you know, 69, um, that you can look at and say 10 team leagues, I, I should pick them up. You know, some 12 team leagues that have shallow benches, those guys will be available. So it's a, it's a great week for wide receivers. Like I think the, the overriding point though, is there's not one guy that you should go crazy with on fab, unless we're talking about maybe a Lazard or one of these other guys in that group. Dave, talk about tight ends for me. Um, and we'll talk about the Bills stat. Well, the Bills are 14th in plays run this year. They were 16th last year. Don't know what their pace is in terms of like how quickly they're getting to the line of scrimmage. But Dave, uh, tight ends, you mentioned Dalton Schultz earlier. What else? Yep. Well, he, he's the best one. And we know that the tight end is a big part of the Cowboys offense. Dak tends to lean on that position. I would think that he didn't lean on him against Seattle because of Jamal Adams. By the way, Jamal Adams is hurt. And if he ends up not playing, that opens the door for Gesicki. So maybe you don't trade Gesicki away so fast after the touchdown game on Thursday. But Schultz would be first. Should have good volume getting the opportunity that we thought Blake Jarwin would have that Jason Witten used to have. So now he's just next in line. The rest of the names that are out there aren't really that great. I know there's a lot of attention for Mo Alley-Cox. Um, doesn't get a ton of work. And I know Jack Doyle's back and he still did well last week. Is, do we really think he's going to be the most productive pass catcher for the Colts. I know he has been the past couple of weeks. He's, he's basically been, I'd like to think I haven't watched to really know for sure, but I think he's been like the Ebron replacement in that offense and Pittman's hurt. So maybe that keeps up, but I'd sure like to see him get even more work than what he's been getting. Um, Jimmy, I don't think we can, I, I don't think we can fully gauge this Colts passing game yet because they've just beaten the last two opponents that they've played and the first game against Jacksonville, I think, just surprised everybody, probably including them. And so now we get a scenario of the opponents get a little bit tougher. Maybe they're going to be throwing a little bit more because you're looking at it as just, you know, the, even the running backs. I mean, you know, Jordan Wilkins is somebody who's been getting a lot of work in the fourth quarter because they've mm -hmm. been up so big. So I'm curious to see how these all these guys are going to go. And I think, Dave, you brought up a great point. Michael Pittman being hurt, does that open the door for Ali Cox to play more, to be more involved, to run more routes? The flip side of that is Frank Reich said that Trey Burton could be returning. He was placed on injured reserve they liked him. the season. They, they liked do him like him. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he's a receiving guy as opposed to a blocking guy. And so he's somebody that can come in and maybe play uh, in that type of role also. But if you're speculating on something, and this is one of those deep leagues, bi-week scenarios, you know, whatever we're talking about here, if you have been carrying two tight ends and you want to take a shot on somebody, Ali Cox could be somebody in deeper leagues. Uh, ben Schrager telling me Mo Ali Cox ran seven routes on Sunday. Yep, and, and Jack Doyle ran sixteen. That's low. But again, they, hey, Jack Doyle, the defense. How many defense pass attempts did Rivers though. even have? Right. right how many pass attempts did Rivers have in the game? Like twenty? Twenty-five, maybe. I don't know. I'll check. Uh, hey, Jack Doyle, thanks for having zero catches. Cost me a fantasy week. All I needed was one catch. Could have been one catch for zero don't yards. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. He's twenty-one. Should, twenty-one. You should tweet him for Rivers. Players love when they get tweeted about their fantasy <laughs> stuff. It's my own fault. I play myself. Um, okay, I got Mahomes. To put it, put it that way. You know the, the thing that Mahomes like last night. So many leagues were shockingly decided. It was really fun. I had two leagues that were decided by less than one point because of that. Because basically because oh, of Mahomes. Oh my god. Yeah, I won one I, of them uh, and I lost one. I I won in the fishbowl by less than half a point. Wow. That's, and I yeah. say hey, shout, shout out to Ben Gretsch. He's in the top 50 of the fishbowl. Oh, oh nice. that's great. He's 44th. Right. I'm 65th. 
Uh, Dave mentioned... Nice. I don't even want to know what I am. Dave mentioned uh, Eric Ebron, but only as Mo Ali Cox is an Eric Ebron replacement. But Eric Ebron himself might be interesting on the waiver wire. Uh, if Deontay Johnson is out, Ebron has a decent matchup this week. He got a lot of targets. You know the deal with these tight ends. They're very unpredictable. Tennessee, though, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. They allowed a touchdown to Fant, a touchdown to Eifert, and a touchdown to Kyle Rudolph. Um, so... You know, you could take a look at Eric Ebron. DST. Actually, he's playing well. Give him credit. He is. His next three matchups on paper are like all top seven against tight ends. But I, it's so early in the season, I don't know if you buy it. But you look at it again. The two games where they threw a lot, week one and week three, his targets were there. And, Jamie, most targets inside the 10-yard line in the NFL. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, he should have had another touchdown. Uh, that was going into Monday Night Football. I don't think anything's changed since then, but I have not checked. Okay, DSTs. Eric Fisher may have knocked him down a little bit. (laughs) The Broncos at the Jets. The Jets themselves against the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos have allowed 13 sacks in their last two games. I'm not sure the Jets are going to be able to take advantage of that. And the Texans against Minnesota are pretty interesting. Um, But not a great week for DSTs. And the kickers that Jamie has. Steven Goskowski, Mason Crosby, and Rodrigo Blankenship. In fact, we have one guy who keeps emailing me. It's so funny. He wants me to call out Heath for Heath ranking Rodrigo Blankenship very low each week. <laughs> and I keep forgetting, but I will what try. A strange thing to point out. Uh, I know. It's, well, this guy loves Rodrigo Blankenship, and then I, I, we'd all know Heath hates kickers and whatnot. Ben Schrager, what are we promoting other than Heath's comeuppance? We do, we, do have, we do have two new kickers, though, in the NFL. One for sure, one we're waiting on. Oh, who? Uh, Steven Hauschka is back. He's with the Jaguars. And the Falcons are going to have to make a kicker move because... Young Hoku is hurt. Okay. That's best analysis in, fan, in, the, in the industry, folks, right here on FFT. Uh, ben Schrager, what are we promoting today? We've got our mailbag. comes out on Saturday. If you leave a five-star review on Apple, I'll make sure your question gets answered. I'll send it to Adam. I'll put it at the top of his inbox. He's not going to miss it. So Adam will answer. Jamie might answer. He might be on this week. Frank Stample will definitely be on this week. So send in that Apple podcast review. If you've already left a review, you can still leave another review. And also tonight, waiver wire questions on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern with Jamie Eisenberg. No, Adam. Just Jamie. What? Oh, (laughs) dude, I'd be. be... It'll be Adam and Jamie. It'll be a great time. Answer all your questions in the chat. So come join us. Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today. I'd be fine with that. Jamie, you can do it by yourself. I got Yankees playoff game tonight. It's uh what a great sports time we've got right now. It'll it may never happen again. I we, yeah, we got the NBA finals. Wait, did the did the Lightning win the Stanley Cup last they night? They did. Okay. They did. Spoiler alert. That's over. <laughs> uh we got the baseball playoffs, which is like a March Madness style baseball playoff this year. Football in full swing, college football, like all the teams are ranked now. Basically, the Pac-12 Pac and the Big Ten are in the ring. Great time to be a sports fan, ladies and gentlemen. Kansas City, 34. Baltimore, 20. Ravens only had the ball for 26 minutes, and they really disappointed. Um, let's talk about the Ravens first. We discussed Lamar Jackson. I, I, The way you guys are talking, maybe it makes sense to try to buy low on Mark Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson, not Mark Jackson. Um, oh, absolutely buy low on him. For sure. Mm-hmm. If you I mean, can. Look, Look, because because uh, quarterback play is good for other players does not mean he's bad. 
So just because he didn't make my top five, I I would still love to have him as my fantasy quarterback. Uh, and and in a week from now, after he beats up on the Washington football team, which I'm sure he's going to, uh, then you you're going to regret not trying to get him cheap. So you know if you can uh, turn, you know if you're not sold on Josh Allen, if you're not sold on Russell Wilson keeping this up, and you could turn Russell Wilson into Lamar Jackson and something else, or Josh Allen into Lamar Jackson and something else, then absolutely try and make those type of trades. Okay. What what the heck with the running backs, guys? What can we say at this point? With the Ravens running backs? Yeah. I I think there there's a little bit of game script dependency with them. We saw J.K. Dobbins he led them in snaps and he played all like twenty four snaps and eleven of them came in the fourth quarter, including a kneel down. So maybe when they're playing from behind, I don't think it's gonna happen very often. Dobbins is gonna be the one on the field, and Ingram is touchdown dependent. Gus Edwards looks the best. That's the that's the scary part is when you watch him run, he's running the best, which, you know, is kind of frustrating that they spent the draft pick on J.K. Dobbins. I know it's more for 2021 than it is for 2020, because as long as Ingram is healthy, he's still going to be their lead guy. At least that's the thought. But Gus Edwards should have had a bigger role going into the season because he was very good for them when he played last year. So, you know, it's just you watch these guys and how they're operating. It's like every time Gus Edwards touches the ball, he's pushing piles and moving forward. And the other two are not there yet. You know, Dobbins just maybe because he's not ready and Ingram just because he could be a little bit slower, but you know, Ingram is still the one you have to buy into because of what his role is for this team. It's just right now it's very frustrating and probably going to continue to be frustrating until hopefully Dobbins takes over and is the lead guy there. It could be a situation where when they, when they have a matchup where you think they're going to, you know, blow out the opponent like this week against Washington is a perfect example. Ingram, is going to be the best one. And then Gus Edwards might be next See, I best. Don't, I don't know if I agree with Ingram being the best one. In theory, he should be. But mm-hmm. if they score big and he doesn't have a part in that, then it's Edwards in the fourth quarter or Dobbins maybe getting those goal line chances like we saw in week one. And it's just, I, I don't really want any part of it until I get some clarity if I don't have to. Well, can I ask you this as a waiver wire show? I mean, are you willing to drop any of, uh, not Edwards because he's not really rostered, but are you willing and you to? you can't drop, no. If Dobbins, no, those guys would be picked up in a heartbeat. Those guys would be picked up in a heartbeat. Might like, be fool's gold. I, I mean, like. Well, no, because Dobbins, be, if he gets the job, is going to be good. If he gets it, but there's That's no the indication thing. that he's going to get it. And the thing is, like, it, he doesn't get any carries the last two games, you know? What well, does he if have? you're looking at, I get where you're going at. If he has three carries in his like, last two games. In, in, a, in a 10-team redraft league uh, that doesn't have deep benches. And you're looking at it as you lost McCaffrey or Barkley, you're dealing with Chris Carson being out or whatever the running back scenario that you may, you know, have been struggling with. And you forget Barkley, you know, you have McCaffrey and, and Carson or one of those guys that you can't drop because they're coming back eventually. And so you're stuck and you can pick up, you have to pick up, let's say a Jeff Wilson or a Rex Burkett, one of those guys. And Dobbins is the last guy on your bench. Then obviously you're going to have to drop him because you may have stud receivers or, or great players at other spots. It's that that's just the nature of, how fantasy is, but you don't want to drop a guy like that because that could be Miles Sanders that you're dropping yeah. or Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. from his rookie season that you're dropping. You know, the players that you gave up on Adam. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true. I don't remember dropping Alvin Kamara. Um, okay. So to the chiefs, but I will, I will just, just real quick. Yeah. I will say that I want to know what they're going to do. If Ingram goes down, is Edwards going to be the guy is Dobbins going to be the guy. That's the thing that could be frustrating for the Dobbins owner. For the Chiefs, is Sammy Watkins the second best wide receiver on the team for fantasy purposes? Yes. Okay. Um, Not the most upside, though, but yes. Okay. Uh, Would you rather have rest of season Mark Andrews or any tight end not named Kelsey or Kittle? 
Andrews. Andrews. Marquise Brown or Julian Edelman? Edelman. Edelman and PPR. I think I'd still take Brown and non. Marquise Brown or Tyler Boyd? I guess it's going to be Boyd. Boyd. I think it's going to be Boyd too. Okay. Even in non PPR. Yeah. Oh God, that sounds gross. So who like who is leapfrog? Okay, Marquise Brown. I mean, this was so disappointing. Um, but he was open. They should have had a touchdown, and Jackson yep. missed him. Do you trust Marquise Brown? Are you starting him this week against Washington? If you if you need to, you have low end number two wide receiver expectations. But he's week one. He was great, and you thought this is it. This is the start of him. You know, having this breakout year, and then the last two weeks. Not so much. Not so much. So I, I think you just have to lower expectations. I have Marquise Brown. Expectations. I have Marquise Brown in a uh, ten-team non-PPR league. It's my longest-running team league that I've been in, and I had Michael Thomas as a keeper, and I only drafted three other receivers. It was Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, and Marquise Brown. So I've obviously been juggling without uh, Michael Thomas there, and DJ Moore and Marquise Brown are two of the most frustrating players in fantasy mm-hmm. because they're so good. And they should be doing better, and especially non PPR for DJ Moore. So it's like I'm, I'm like pulling my hair out trying to figure out what to do with yeah. that second receiver spot. Uh, okay, last one: Robbie Anderson or Marquise Brown? I think you gotta go Anderson at this point. I mean, it's you know th- this I, unless you're uh, you know giving up on Marquise Brown for a waiver wire guy. Wait, you know, these guys are all very good players, you know. So don't give up on Marquise Brown for you know the Justin Jeffersons of the world yet. I'll st- I'll start Anderson over Brown. If I had to pick one for the rest of the season, I think I'd still want Brown. Let's do the drop meter. Zero to ten. Ten, yes, drop him. No questions asked. Zero is no, don't drop him. Questions asked. Gardner Minshew, zero to ten. Six. Uh, two. Okay, very different there. Yeah, he had a bad game, but we liked him because of his upcoming schedule, so... He's droppable. I would drop him for Fitzpatrick. Okay. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 0 to 10. 0. Six. I do sort of feel like the Rams are going to score six touchdowns this week. So maybe he gets one of them. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, 0 to 10. 0. 2. Brandon Cooks. 0. 4. Deion Lewis. 13. Uh, seven. Devontae Freeman. Six. Four. Darius Slayton. One. Three. Mike Williams. Eight. Five. DeAndre Swift. <gasps> Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Marvin Jones. Uh, let's put it this way. If I Zero. saw him on the waiver wire, I'd pick him up. Swift. Jones is like a one. Jarvis Landry. Zero. Negative one. Jarvis Landry has 13 targets in three games. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. Interesting week. Interesting this is the Joe yes, yes. week for Jarvis Landry. <laughs> the Joe Boo, I love it. At Dallas. All right, quick round of team name Tuesday. Floor is LaVisca. Oi Chenault. Noah's Chark. <laughs> Cobra Kai Forbath. Janu, what you did last summer. And Judge Judy. Excellent round of Team Name Tuesday. Thank you, everybody. Oi, Chenault, I might steal. Oi, Chenault's really good. Good stuff. Flores LaVisca is also very funny. And I was watching Cobra Kai last night for the first time. I came in like, I don't know, episode four or something like that because my wife was, she decided, can you believe her? She watching Cobra Kai instead of Raven's Chiefs, but very good. It was. I enjoyed it very much. 
Um, all right. So she got three episodes in before you started? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know where we were exactly in the in the series. Miles Gaskin. Not very polite of her, though, I got to say. Miles Gaskin won. Jeff Wilson. Carlos Hyde. We got Rex Burkhead. Damian Harris. Talked about all those guys. We haven't really talked about Adrian Peterson or Sony Michelle or Frank Gore. Dave also wants you to pick up Cordero Patterson and Brian Hill. Travis Homer could get some work. What'd you Hill say? first, Patterson second. Okay. Uh, but would you pick up Harris ahead of both of them or no? Yes. Um, I'll say yes because I've been talking up Harris for months already. But it's close between him and Hill. Adrian Peterson facing the Saints this week, but he just had 22 carries. Uh, it's annoying because he had 14 in week one, seven in week two, and 22 in week three. Another revenge game for AP. Oh, he's been been around the block. Huh. Uh, Frank Gore, 15 carries um, this past week, 21 carries the week before, and Denver just lost to El Casey. It's a Thursday night game. And it's a Thursday night game. He's probably better to use in DFS than... See, he, you've got to be, oh, crap, I really have nothing at running back, so I'll use Frank okay, Gore. Okay, all right, you, you have a Ravens running back. Are you getting Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore this week? No. Jamie? Unless it's Gus Edwards. Yeah, sorry. I have a child in here that's uh, doing his homeschooling, <laughs> so trying to help. All good. What was the question? The question is, and I'll throw Sonny Michelle in there, you have a Ravens running back. Are you going for, for Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore or Sonny Michelle this week? To start? Yeah, over Ingram or Dobbins. No, uh, maybe over Dobbins just because of the lack of work, especially if they're going to win, but no. Okay. And uh, let's go to the quarterbacks then. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, Seahawks have allowed 28 points to Matt Ryan, 35 to Cam Newton, 32 to Dak Prescott. All three of those quarterbacks had 44 or more passes, and you could see Fitzpatrick having another game with with a lot of passes, only 20 last week, but... um, all right, so if, yeah, we don't have to get too far into it. Uh, well, tell me, like, would you start? Who would you start Fitzpatrick over this week? How about that, Drew Brees, Jared Goff. Oh, I like Goff this week, really. I like Goff, but I love Fitzpatrick. This feels like, uh, and and I'm with you. Fitzpatrick should have a good game. This feels like the Fitzpatrick letdown game, though. It's like every time we buy into him, he just lets us down. Well, last year he won people leagues. I'd say. Yeah, he's, he was great. He, was he has great. been he was great so good, except for the game, two games. Jets game last year where Devontae Parker got hurt right away, and the Patriots game this year. Other than that, he's been really good for like probably like 10 weeks now. Yeah. I had a hard time ranking Roethlisberger, Bree, Stafford, Brady, Burrow, and Goff, and I put Fitzpatrick ahead of all of them. Wow. Okay. And uh, Kirk Cousins... Like Houston this week, and then, like I said, Seattle and Atlanta weeks five and six. And Cousins, hopefully, they're going to start throwing the ball more. Nick Foles, the most up-and-down career I've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, What do you think with him? He he scored 23 points in a half and had two touchdowns touchdowns overturned. So what do you think for Nick Foles going against the Saints who actually allow the f- the Colts rather uh, who allow the Colts. fewest fantasy points it's a, to it's quarterbacks? It's a tougher defense. Actually, his best game as a Jaguar was against the Colts last year. It's his only game over 20 fantasy points, but that's a different defense, and you know he's with a different team. Uh, I don't want to trust Nick Foles outside of two quarterback or super flex leagues, but you know he's in that mix for those guys. 
Mm-hmm. I just cackle evilly as I mentioned that I traded Heath in the two QB league, <laughs> Trubisky for Crowder. <laughs> I was thinking about that trade, yeah. And I have Foles. And, you know, I thought about dropping Foles for last week for like Mullins that were, or, or, or uh, Locke. And I was like, no, I think Foles is going to get it soon. Uh, speaking of which, Nick Mullins. Drew Nick, Locke was available in that two quarters? No, game? not Locke. Sorry. Uh, Driscoll. Driscoll. Uh, okay, so Nick Mullins, good game against the Giants, 19 fantasy points. Philadelphia, they've been kind of rough the last two weeks, but I'm more interested if Garoppolo plays, guys, what would you do there? Because it's Philadelphia, Miami the next two weeks. Like, Are you interested in Garoppolo? He's He's been pretty solid through a game yeah. and a half. Uh, if he's back, I mean, that's the obvious thing. You know, I'm not going to sit on Jimmy Garoppolo if I don't have to, uh, you know, carry him. So. Okay. Uh, and then any interest. Like the in- only reason I put Nick Mullins in the, in the, in the story is it's more for the two quarterback super flex leagues that, you know, are looking more, more the super flex leagues, you know, that are looking at it and saying, okay, should I pit, buy into this guy? Cause one quarterback leagues, you're not looking at any of those 49ers quarterbacks. Would you rather have Nick Mullins against Philadelphia or Jeff Driscoll at the jets in those types of leagues? Well, Driscoll may get replaced, right? You know, so it'd be Mullins. Okay. And any interest in Derek Carr against Buffalo? None. No. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, fair enough. Oh, I don't have my water. Take a drink, everybody. Uh, Wide receivers. There are so many. It talks about Debo Samuel and Alan Lazard. Corey Davis is also potentially available. He's 76% rostered. How do you feel about him going up against the Steelers, who are actually 25th against wide receivers so far? Corey Davis. Don't love it. I don't want to start Corey Davis if I don't have to, but I want to have Corey Davis on my roster because A.J. Brown, who knows when he's coming back. And so that's the the appeal of Corey Davis, which is something I don't think anybody would be saying in 2020 after the way his career has gone. But look, he's played very well so far through the first three weeks of the season. And so if he is their number one wide receiver, you'd want to have that because they're going to be leaning on him, you know, to, to a double-digit target sense, no. But enough to where he could be a number three wide receiver most weeks. Yes. Weren't you kind of expecting more from him, not just in week three, but also in week two. I know he scored in week two, but I not think, a lot of yards to go with it. I think we're going to find out that CJ Henderson is pretty good. And CJ Henderson was with him for a lot of that game. So okay. you know, he made a, he made a good move in the end zone to get open. Okay. But you know, week three, uh, week three was disappointing. Absolutely disappointing. But, you know, so was the entire passing game for the Titans. You know, Ryan Tannehill did not That's have a true. great game. Well, he so had a lot of yards, but... I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be down on Corey Davis by any stretch if A.J. Brown is out. When A.J. Brown comes back, then you're going to probably see Corey Davis dropped after a couple weeks. I've been exploring uh, some statistics of passer ratings against certain cornerbacks, and I did notice C.J. Henderson. It was okay. Uh, probably, I'd say, good for a rookie, but... I think we could maybe go into that at some point. Like, you know who's got a terrible passer rating uh, against is Jalen Ramsey. And I don't have a great year. I don't have the breakdown because I know a lot of it was Cowboys, but I know he also gave up a touchdown this past week. Mm -hmm. So he's struggling. Darius Slay, though, is having a really good year. Well, when I say he's not having a good year by his standards. No, I would say uh, his his QB rating is over 100. Uh, Again, it's I don't know what goes into that stat in terms of... um, how Anything was, over how, 100 is bad no, for a corner. Yeah, but but also, uh, I mean, like Darius Slay is like 65. Some of the top cornerbacks right. are in the 60s. Jalen Ramsey, 100 passer rating against. He's really not been good and probably get better. 
When I said I don't know what goes into that, I, I meant to say I don't know how much of it was the Dallas game where we all saw him struggle. Okay, uh, so Justin Jefferson, Miko Hardman, Jamie likes kind of long-term. Uh, Nikhil Harry, you could see a lot more targets this week as they are at Kansas City. And we'll be on Twitch, by the way, watching that game with a couple of former players. Excited about that. 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, twitch.com slash Today. Anthony Miller, hopefully rejuvenated with Nick Foles with 56% rostered. Preston Williams, the Seahawks. Three Falcons wide receivers had more than 110 yards. Three Patriots wide receivers had more than 72 yards. Three Dallas wide receivers had more than 85 yards. Six wide receivers have scored 20 or more PPR fantasy points against Seattle. So take a look at Preston Williams. It just, the, the numbers are so staggering. They've allowed 76 receptions to receivers. The next closest team is Denver with 49. <laughs> they've allowed the most yards wow. to wide receivers with 1136 right. the next closest team is atlanta with 736 wow. it is absolutely insane what they have given up to wide receivers and so if there's ever week dave you're probably right that fitzpatrick should be ahead of golf fitzpatrick should probably be the number one quarterback this week because <laughs> now granted granted the, the three quarterbacks that they faced are obviously amazing when you talk about matt ryan Cam Newton and Dak Prescott. That is not Ryan Fitzpatrick's level. But when Fitzpatrick goes Fitzpatrick and the beard is flowing and the helium balloon is flying, there's a lot to love about what the upside can be. And so, yes, he probably should be uh, higher for me. Uh, and, and Dave probably has him ranked appropriately. So I may have to revisit that. By the way, it, this isn't just because Seattle doesn't have a pass rush and their secondary has a couple of injuries and they stink. It's also because Russell Wilson is uh, cooking. Yeah, and so it forces the other team to put the ball in the air to keep up. Right. That's what. I, that's the last stat I wanted to see is how many more pass attempts they've seen than every other team. Um, which I will tell you in just one moment. More wide receivers. MVS. Jamie made a great point about him. He was pretty much taken out of the game. Devontae Adams should help him, and they have Atlanta this week. Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Renfro, uh, Keelan Cole at Cincinnati this week, and then at Houston, and then Detroit. Zach Paschal, 6% rostered. Some injuries in that uh, in that receiving mm-hmm. core. Yep, and if Mo Alley-Cox doesn't see an uptick in routes runner target share, then it's probably going to be Paschal. Well, Paschal's playing regardless. Like, he's he's there right, because but, they don't have any other choice. Right. So, Mo Alley-Cox may, be more, may see more targets. I'd be shocked, but he, he might. And he may be a better red zone threat, uh, like Dave said, you know, based on the Eric Ebron role that Frank Reich likes to use a second tight end. Uh, but well, it's Pascal, just a big guy. Big Pascal, guy who can move. Pascal's going to play. I mean, you know, it's he's their second receiver. You know, they're just down bodies at this point. So I'd be shocked if he doesn't see more targets as the entire offense does as these, t- these games get more competitive for them. Deeper, deeper waiver ad. Like Renfro is going to be ahead of him for sure. Renfro should be your number one uh, Renfro, wide receiver this I, week. Really? Ahead of <laughs> Justin Jefferson? No, ahead of like Michael Thomas. Oh. <laughs> I was joking. So Ryan Fitzpatrick will be our number one quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Renfro will be on the number one receiver. Dalton Schultz, number one tight end. <laughs> and uh Jeff Wilson, number one running back. All right. That's fun. That'd be this really easy. fun. This game. is easy to do rankings this week. Like take the top waiver wire player at each position and see how you do. Um, yeah, so other names here, uh, Scotty Miller, if he's healthy, and Chris Godwin's beat up. We know that. They're facing the Chargers, and uh, you heard me say last week, the Chargers just do not give up good games to multiple wide receivers. By the way, I gave this stat yesterday. Well, Chris Harris is not hurt. Yep. Oh, okay. I was not aware of that. Yeah, he's got a foot injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Oh, damn. 
How did I not see that? Um, wait, what was I going to... Oh, uh, Mike Evans has four yards in two games that Chris Godwin has played. Four yards and three touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey, T. Higgins, Cole Beasley with John Brown injured. Beasley's mm-hmm. been sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, what does he have? Seven, seven, and six targets in three games. And he had over He's 100 targets He's got two games over 12 year. PPR points so far. Andy Isabella, KJ Hamler, Traquan Smith, Adam Humphreys, Chase Claypool, Greg Ward, James Washington, Braxton Greg Berrios. Ward I like a lot. Greg Ward I like a lot. Oh, yeah? He could end up being easy double digits in PPR every single week. Well, until those other guys are back, I don't think he's going to do that when Jeffrey and Jackson are playing. That's fine. But what, for at least this week, I think this maybe, week and maybe the next one, he could be a solution for you. Yeah, there, there's a chance that, that Jeffrey plays this week. So that's the, the reason why Ward is so He's low. Down. Okay. What about Braxton Berrios? Two good games now for the Jets, and they're facing the Broncos, who allow the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Well, as you said, Crowder could return. Um, I, I, I think it's also a byproduct of does anybody want to trust the Jets? You know, like it's, <laughs> I, I, I could sit here and say Braxton Berrios is the number one receiver to add, and people just, you know, glance over that. So he's more of a deep league guy. Okay. And uh, just one more name I want to give out is Chris Conley, who is 2% no. rostered. Why? No, he's no. got, he's tied for the team lead in targets. Do you get points for drops? I, yeah. They need Chark back in a bad right. way. Yes. If Chark plays, then, uh, man, we've given a lot of names. How about Olamide Zacchaeus? I thought about him. There's a key. I think him, it is. No. Okay. Uh, that that's a Falcons wide receiver with uh, two wide receivers injured. Hopefully Julio back this week. Hopefully Gage back this week. Okay, tight ends: Dalton Schultz, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, Mo Ali Cox, Greg Olson facing Miami, uh, Logan mm-hmm. Thomas, who just look, he gets the targets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing else. What else could you say? The the Ravens have actually been pretty bad against tight ends so far. Darren Fell has caught a touchdown. Jordan Aikens had 55 yards. David Njoku had 50 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey had a good game. And you got to figure that they're going to have to throw uh, those, those fo- those, that football team. <laughs> Jordan Aikens, Drew Sample, Tyler Croft. It's not a great list. Very sorry, everybody. Well, the top guy's good. Yeah, Schultz. What about Gronkowski? 69% rostered, had seven targets. Should have had a touchdown last week. We probably should have seen that squeaky wheel game coming after everything that happened last week where he's, you know, said repeatedly in his um, Zoom press conference with the media, I'm a blocking tight end, I'm blocking tight end, I'm blocking tight end. Like he just kept saying that over and over again. Uh, I don't know if that's something that could continue. You know, OJ Howard had a good week one uh, and then disappeared. Gronk had his moment. I think, you know, they tried a couple of times to get him in the end zone. Maybe he benefits with Chris Godwin out. And they, that's what you know, I was going to say. Something, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't buy it. If Godwin doesn't play and if Scotty Miller doesn't play, I think Gronk can see the same type of target volume that he had last week. And I think he can score this week. How about Robert Tanyan going up against the Falcons who give up the second most points to tight ends? He's interesting also. You know, they tried to get Jay Sternberger involved last week. And so, you know, we'll see. They, they're just, it's, it's, it, it might be one of the easiest layup plays in the NFL when they run their tight end across the formation and, mm-hmm. and Rodgers, you know, uh, fakes the handoff and rolls out and play action. And so, you know, Tanya had a couple of those, but um, he's just going to be too inconsistent. So if you want a one-week flyer, he's not bad. 
As far as DSTs go, we mentioned the Broncos. They are uh, the best waiver wire team. But but what about the Cardinals at 66% rostered at Carolina? Who would you rather pick up, the Broncos or the Cardinals? The Broncos, but the Cardinals are interesting. I mean, they clearly let us down last week, uh, you know, with – oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Chargers let us down against the Panthers um, facing, you know, that, that team without Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know if the, you know, Cardinals going cross country – um, we'll do the same. I hope not, but they're, they're, they're there for sure. By the way, the Tampa Bay Times reporting that Chris Godwin could miss multiple weeks. So I told you we should have started this podcast an hour later. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, are you sitting the Patriots DST at Kansas City this week? Yes. You should try to. For the Broncos. See what the Ravens did? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I'd rather use the Chiefs than the Patriots DST if I had to start a DST from that game. What about the yeah. Broncos or the Patriots? Broncos. Uh, the Broncos. Texans or the Patriots? Texans. Uh, I have the Patriots one spot ahead of them right now, and I'm probably not going to stick with it. Here's a decision I, that, that... I don't like the Texans' defense that much. Here's a decision that nobody's going to make, but I'm going to ask you anyway because it's fun. The Seahawks at the Dolphins or the Patriots at the Chiefs? Uh, Patriots. The Patriots. Uh, the thing about the Texans, I agree, Dave, they don't have a good defense. But again, murderer's row to start the season against Mahomes, Jackson, and, and I know. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm statistically, of course, they're terrible. But I don't know if they're a good defense that just got roughed up by a tough schedule or if they're just not a good defense, period. And the Vikings know. offense showed some serious life last week. Yeah, because it's still through two picks, you know, so and he, he's he took two safeties in the first two games. I mean, he's just not playing very well. Is the Texans defense so, really that bad? I, that's the thing. We don't know. You know, I mean, they have, like you said, Adam, you've talked about this a lot, that their secondary is probably played above its head, given how they've limited these passing attacks uh, that they faced. And, um, you know, J.J. Watt's still going to be a, a force to be reckoned with against an offensive line that's been shaky for the Vikings. So if Dalvin Cook gets going and, you know, Cousins has a good game, then you're going to be disappointed with the Texans' DST. But you said it. There's not a lot of great options. Like, the Broncos look like the best because the Jets are so bad, but they're so beat up that I could see the Jets playing well. Like I picked up the Broncos mm-hmm. in a couple of leagues prior to week three with the hope of using them on a short week. And then they lose Casey and now they're down another key player. So it's not fun, but the Jets defense could actually be good. I mean, you know, this is a team that stinks, but the Broncos quarterback situation yeah. is a mess, you know, so and their line isn't good. You know, yeah. Jamie, they you said, Sutton, obviously you tweeted on, you tweeted last Thursday. I'll just end with this, that like you've never been so excited to watch two bad teams play, something like that, with Jaguars-Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've never been less excited to see two bad teams play. Like This is going to be can, one, can one, you imagine, one of the though, worst games of the year. <laughs> can you imagine the sandwich that we've gotten on Thursday night and Monday night of Minshew, Fitzpatrick, and who knows for Denver, and Sam Darnold, <laughs> with the two MVPs in between. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just ridiculous. Even Sunday night, the two Hall of Famers. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw, throw those guys up there. Absolutely. All right, that's it for today's show. Hope this was helpful. If you need more waiver wire help, we got you at 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today. We'll see you then. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow on the podcast.